0: You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Um, this week, we'll start with some review. what What we've been talking about, you all know this, but what we've been talking about is prayer, and this is the first topic of our two-topic series that we're in, Prayer and Worship. Just understanding these two foundational tools. These are things that the Lord gave us that we would operate in them from day one. And I'm just realizing uh, how many of us, myself included, just have a lot of immaturity when it comes to prayer and worship. And most of that has been what has been modeled. And so that's what we know. And you can't know what you don't know. Right? You have to see it. You have to experience it. But we are also learning, and this is something that I'm learning personally. Okay, if the Holy Spirit is to be your only teacher, the only teacher you'll ever need is what Jesus says. He's the only teacher you need, and He'll lead you into all truth and righteousness. I don't need a model of man to know what the Lord's tools and how they're intended to be used in my life are to look like. But that is a difficult walk. For a lot of us, because it's very uncomfortable, and this is a lot of reason, and I, I can give a lot of credit because I or not credit, but I, I have understanding. there's grace in the understanding of people that don't want a lot to do with the Holy Spirit because of this reality. because do we, do we know how to pray as we ought? No, Scripture says we don't. Romans 8:26 we don't know how to pray for as we ought. The spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And that's the Spirit of God. Do we know how to worship? To worship in spirit and truth? Most of us, most Christians, when I say most of us, I mean most Christians, I believe we have a a step ahead just because of the worship leader that we have in place. And you know he walks with the Spirit. So we're more introduced to it than most people. But to be directed and to be guided down a path by the Spirit alone with no Experience to filter into your mind and to funnel and to influence and to show and to guide and direct but simply the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit alone to teach you things. Something that we've not really mastered just yet. We rely a lot on our experiences as guides to our future. But the unfortunate thing and we get caught in this rut and we talked about it on Sunday. My experience is my past and it does not it can help me, but it cannot tell me what tomorrow will bring. Only the Spirit of God can do such a thing and have me equipped and ready for a day that I've not yet lived, but He knows is coming. It's only by the Spirit's leading that we can do these things. And so that's been our, that's been our series thus far, and we talked about last week of this understanding uh, just in reference to being led by the Holy Spirit and this question of how do we pray in the valley? We have highs and lows. That is not a reference to our spiritual walk. There is no such thing as a high and low in your spiritual walk. If there is, you're missing something, and your spiritual walk is most likely guided by your emotion and your experiences and not by the Spirit of God, because our spiritual walk is made for an ever-increasing glory, right? So it's only going one direction. Our spiritual walk from the moment of salvation is only ever increasing. But our circumstances in life does not abide by that spiritual walk, right? We don't just have salvation day and then every day after that just gets better and better and better and better and better. We know that's not true. We have difficult days, hard days. We lose loved ones. We lose jobs. We have just unfortunate circumstances. We have difficult days. We have difficult seasons. We as a church are in a difficult season. We're in a valley period. And how do we pray in those places? It's easy to pray. We talked about this last week. It's very easy to pray on the mountaintop. And it's very easy to think that your relationship with the Lord is strong and deep and you're close and you're connected when things are really good, right? Because your emotions are feeding that. Life is good. It's easy. Everything apart of life right now is going really well. And not until we get into the valley do we recognize the depth of real relationship, right? We've talked about this last week. When people come into difficult circumstances, what's this popular conversation that they end up having? And when they're in these difficult circumstances, I know who my friends are. I know who my true friends are now, right? What revealed that? The valley, right? And so it reveals the true nature of a relationship. And it's the same with us. We recognize the, the truth and that valley will always reveal the true state of a relationship. And We also recognize that like faith, if the work is not put in before the circumstance, when the circumstance comes, there can't automatically be depth in your relationship and therefore depth in your prayer life and understanding in your prayer life if there was not first understanding before you entered that valley. It doesn't just magically appear because you need it in a moment. If you didn't do the work, then you didn't do the work. If you don't don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you don't regularly encounter Jesus and have a relationship with His presence, you will not have an increase in faith because where is faith made? Where does faith increase? It increases in the presence of God. And it's the same with an understanding of prayer. If prayer is tied to relationship and I have no relationship, how can I ever know what to pray? And when things get difficult, how can I ever know what to pray? You can't without relationship. You cannot forget in the dark what you've learned in the light. But the key to that is you have to learn in the light to bring that into the dark. It doesn't work the other way around. We find God in a rescue position in the valley. But if He's rescuing us, are we establishing the kingdom? Or is He pulling us out of the water again? We're meant to walk on the water with Him, not sink before Him. Right? We're meant to walk upon it. And if we're walking upon it with Him, we're establishing the kingdom alongside of Him in those places. But we cannot do that without first relationship. You are meant to bring into the dark what has been learned in the light. If I don't see Him and if I don't pay attention to Him on the mountaintop, we will miss Him in the valley. And we know that there is a measure of His presence that can only be found in the valley. There is a treasure of God in His heart that waits for us in these places. What a powerful and a beautiful image of this God that we serve, that He can be everywhere and He can have a piece of Himself that is tied to our low places, to see us through those places, a measure of His presence that I can't encounter unless I enter the valley. Right? You know God differently when you enter a valley recognizing His presence. You know Him, you see Him differently, and you come to that next peak with a different understanding and a different depth in your relationship with the Lord when you see that measure of His presence that waits for us in the valley. But unfortunately, we see oftentimes that we don't steward well our time on the mountaintop and our relationship with the Lord. We allow emotion and experience to be our guide and then we enter the valley. And this is really the detrimental piece of this is because we miss Why we're in the valley and what the Lord can do in it. The Lord doesn't cause these these things, these circumstances that bring us to this. The Lord is using this season in this church for this church's good, for this community's good. But I think if there were a thousand people that wanted to be in church here, the Lord's not going to shut the door and keep them from coming. But He works all things for the good of those that love Him. He doesn't cause circumstances. He works them for our good, correct? Correct. So we know this to be true, but if I don't have a relationship with Him in, that, in this mountaintop and I enter this valley, I will begin to pray, but the prayers in this valley are blind. I'm just shooting shots into the dark because I have no guidance, no direction, no ability to understand, to see His presence, encounter His presence, understand what He's wanting to do because He has a different solution than maybe I have or maybe I could, that I could see. Again, going back to the example of Kennedy and Debbie Diaz, we want healing. But if we had just simply stopped and prayed in the dark and stopped listening to the Lord, just shooting out prayers into empty space, praying for healing, praying for healing, praying for healing, praying for healing, and not seeing them immediately healed, we would have grown frustrated as we shot off prayers in the dark instead of allowing the Lord to reveal to us more, pray for healing. And then speak into existence and partner with me that the hospital would see revival. right? That's what he revealed to the church. That's what happens in the valley. You can see the prayers that need to be prayed. right? And we didn't see, we couldn't see, we couldn't measure, we couldn't fathom what he was going to do with all of that. But we knew he wanted healing and he wanted people to be set free. And so we pray for those things and we can see how he does this. And what does that do at the same time The Diaz family that was in a valley... And we're praying for them in this valley, but praying what the Lord gives us, not just what we're led to do, but guided by our relationship with Him, not just what we feel, but what He shows and reveals to us. We pray, and it's specific, and it guides them through the valley into the mountaintop. That's that's the benefit of relationship. As we enter the valley, I know what to pray for, as the Spirit knows. We don't know what to pray for as we ought. The Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. But who now has the Spirit of God that dwells within them? We do. So to think that we don't know what to pray for anymore, or to think that we can't know what to pray for, is foolish. If you have a relationship with the Spirit of God and He dwells in you, if you would simply, what does He say in Exodus before the people cross the the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea, what does he say? You have only be silent and move forward, right? That's it. Just be quiet and let him tell you what you need to pray. But it's learning to be led by the Spirit, which is difficult. But we are learning. If we know him, if we walk with him, when in the valley, we will find his presence and we will be led by it. And if we know His nature, there is no anxiety in these places that should cause anxiety. This is the beautiful thing about a relationship with the Lord and then carrying that relationship into the valley. You don't respond the way the world says you should respond. And therefore you become a mystery. You become a lighthouse. This fixed position that does what it does no matter the circumstance or the cost. It is steadfast, unwavering. The world is constantly being changed by the current circumstance they find themselves in. So much of the turmoil that people experience in their personal lives, I believe, is because they are like the waves tossed to and fro by the wind. The season changes and so does their life. And they feel uprooted every time because they continue to build their foundation upon something that will not last, that will not stand. But a relationship with God allows us to enter these places where we should react this way And we respond this way. We don't react as the world does. We respond as the Lord leads. And does that not put Him on display? Absolutely. It puts Him on display. He's making His appeal. And He's making a specific appeal in that valley through us, those that listen. Those that are led by His nature. When we should be anxious, when we should be worried, and we're not. We have peace, steadfast peace, unwavering joy. It attracts attention. Because people can't understand why you would not be tossed to and fro as they are being tossed to and fro by their circumstance. That's what the Lord intends. That's what the Lord desires for us. But that can only come if first we have trust, but trust is trust is a product, is a fruit of relationship. Prayer in the valley is to be led by His presence and not by the circumstance. So that what He desires to be released can be released and that was the gist of last week. That's what we talked about and that is one that we've talked about but that is one personally for for us individually is just takes some chewing. It's one of those that this lesson will come back over and over and over again cuz we all have valleys left in our days. And this lesson will come back. We will all have mountaintops in our days. And this lesson is prudent for all those places. Today I'm just going to start by reading some scripture. Um, I'll, I'll read this, or I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tell you the location and everything so you can go back and look at it later, but I probably won't give you enough time to get there yourself unless you've got a smartphone. But the first one we'll be in is Matthew 12, 33 through 35. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. The evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. And then in Luke six forty three, this is Luke's interpretation of the same passage, but I like this wording. Chapter 6, verse 43 For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes nor grapes picked from a a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth will speak. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. This has just been a very, uh, this has just been an expression on my, on my mind for the last uh, few weeks. Just the overflow of our hearts. Just kind of consumed by that thought of the overflow of our hearts. Now Jesus, and we often use this from the Pharisee perspective, right? Jesus and his correction, Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we've normally used that as a disciplinary correcting lesson, right? Um, But he uses two people, right? A good person that has good fruit naturally produced in their life because it is what they pursue, and an evil person. And he's talking to the Pharisees about the evil doing, and we kind of focus on that bit, but there is this other half of the equation. Out of the overflow of a person's heart, their mouth speaks. And what is overflowing out of our hearts? And I want to talk about that today. And specifically, just in reflection, and how it relates to prayer, it's just the prayers that we don't necessarily pray. Not the prayers that we don't pray when we're supposed to pray, but the prayers that overflow out of our heart that we don't formally sit before the Lord and pray. Right? It's, uh, it's the backyard example again. If, if my children are in my will, I know their hearts. I know where they're at. I can see if my son is, is working on something, trying to figure something out. I can tell as a dad, 99% of the time when he needs help or when I can just do something to make this process way better for him or just answer a question or a request that he hasn't even had the opportunity to ask you, right? It's a great example. Last night, my boys were helping me. We're picking up stuff around the arena. I'm in the skid steer, and they're doing what they do best, and they're walking on the ground while Daddy walks or watches from the tractor, right? I don't. My days of having to walk in front of the tractor and pick heavy things up and throw it into the bucket are done. I've had children. Now it's their job, right? So it's more fun for me. But they're picking up pieces of cut pipe, just little pieces of cut pipe. We're throwing it in the, in the skid are going around this big old arena. And I can tell, I can tell they want to go for a ride in the bucket. Like every kid that's ever been around a tractor wants to do. And growing up, for me, one of the funnest things to do was to get lifted up in the tractor bucket to freak my mom out. And just ride around with my grandpa driving us. And before they even ask, because I, I can see him looking at it. We're feeding horses, the skid steer's just right over there. I was like, we'll finish doing this and then I'll take you guys for a, a ride in the bucket. Just, I mean, the excitement was overwhelming, right? Uh, they're getting to the point where they're, they make dad real nervous. Because they want to go higher than I'm comfortable lifting them. In uh, a skid you can't you can get it real high, and you just can't see it no more. And they want to go that high, and I'm just not there yet. I've got to do a little bit of growing before I can do that with them. But they're brave boys. But all that to say, I could sense, as their father, I could see something that they wanted that they weren't necessarily asking for. It was just it was something that I know them. I know them well. I've known them all of their lives. I, I was there when they took their first breath. I know them, and I know what is in their heart and what they want to see, but they didn't have to ask before it was given. And I know that we can all articulate moments like that with the Father, where you look back and you're like, I I didn't ask for this, but I needed it. I wanted it, but I never just sat down and formally said, Lord, will you do this? He just did it. Almost before I could even ask, He did it. He knew it was in my heart, something that needed to be done something that I wanted to see and he just released it. Because out of the overflow of the heart, out of the overflow of our hearts, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more in depth. We're going to start in John 7. Uh, This will be John 7, verse 37. (coughs) Excuse me. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, Let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So what we can conclude from that is whoever remains in Jesus will overflow with the river of life out of their own heart. Right? Whoever abides, whoever remains in. And a good example of this that we've read several times is Psalm 1. Verse one: Blessed is the man who works not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. and all that he does, he prospers. What does that sound like? It sounds like John fifteen, right? If You remain in me and my word remains in you. Ask whatever you wish. By this my Father is glorified that you would bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And all that he does, he prospers. Why is that? Because all that he does is for the establishing of the kingdom of heaven and is a reflection and an overflow of the heart of God that is now flown into him, the river of life that flows from the throne of God the Father. This is the picture of of abiding in Psalm 1. So when we... what we can conclude through this is that what you surround yourself with, what you immerse yourself in will overflow from you. And what we seek, this will be a a sermon later, but what we seek, or excuse me, we seek what surrounds us. We, We always seek what we surround ourselves with. What I find myself immersed in I will begin to seek. It's real easy. For a guy, easy. If a guy all of a sudden gets around people that start talking about hunting, and that's what this group of people that he finds himself in contact with more often than not, and that's what they talk about. If you go look on his search history, what are you going to find? Hunting gear, guns. We're human nature. It, it, that, is, that is basic human nature. What we surround ourselves with, we will always seek out ourselves. Every single time. From the most basic thing, like a new jacket, to go hunting in. To what we allow to fill our heart. The presence of God or other things. Because if I can be that influence for some hunting gear, by just hearing conversations about it, and it gives me the itch, it gives me the bug, and I'll start doing it. How easy is it then to surround yourself and seek out gossip, jealousy, bitterness, anger, turmoil? These things that if we surround ourselves with a people like that, right? We all know this. We surround ourselves with people that participate in these things. What are we going to start participating in? These things. You will always seek out that which you surround yourself with. So if we are surrounded by God, you will seek him. And out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth, your mouth will speak. And not just, I, I want to get away, I believe this in the literal sense. Out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth will speak. I believe very, very clearly, very, very strongly that I can know what is important to a person after a genuine conversation with that person. Now, having a genuine conversation with that person to get to the heart of what's important to them that takes a little bit of time. But if you have an honest conversation with a person, you can tell pretty quickly what, what matters and what doesn't, right? That's pretty, that's pretty easy, to, easy to do once you get to that honest conversation. But I also believe being this good and perfect father, if I can pick up on the things that are overflowing out of my children's heart and I am imperfect and I can give that to them before they ask, can't the father do the same? And I believe He does the same. Heaven is not a storage facility and it is full of what we will not ask God for. There are times and moments and places where it is necessary for the making of His appeal through us and establishing the kingdom of heaven on earth for us to articulate the requests that He's put in our hearts. But I'll give an example of one that wasn't. You guys know this. Um, I try not to talk about it too much, but it's just something that I enjoy. But we live in the country. You guys know I like to team rope. I like to do those things, ride horses. And so what was the natural thing to keep me from getting pulled away from home? Build an arena. And so that's what I've been doing for about a year, is building one at our house. And we are, I mean, we're that close. Got to build some gates and then we're done. But there's this bigger problem in the ground that hadn't seen rain in forever is rock solid, and you can't just run horses all out all the time on ground like that. It's really, really bad for them. and doesn't really work out very well. You don't go to a rodeo arena and see compact, hard dirt. You see good, broken up dirt. This was something I needed. And for some reason, this had been a point of anxiety for me, of dirt work. One, because it's miserably boring, and I hate it. If you've ever done dirt work in a tractor, it's the worst. I hate it. Shorty's really good at it, but other than that, it's the worst. Um, but I was thinking, like, okay, this—I've I've got I've to do this. How am I going to do this? I'm going to have to water this for, like, six weeks nonstop, just over and over and over again, same areas, just so I can plow it and, and get this going, up and going. And for some reason, just built up in me, built up in me, built up in me, and we come to the day, or... I mean, I was, I, this is where we're at. I need, I need to do this this week, but we don't have any rain last week. It's like, or two weeks ago, I was like, what am I going to do? I can't do it without some rain. I did not ask God for rain, but what did He do? He just released it. And I've got a friend in Ropesville who's got a lot of tractors, and all of his guys are getting some time off before harvest season starts, and so what's just sitting there waiting for me? All I can eat tractors, plows, all that stuff, and it just <laughs> worked, just like that. And we would get not just a little rain; we'd get four inches of rain, so that the ground a foot down is soaking wet, all the way through it. I dug today with a shovel, two feet into the ground, and it took me thirty minutes. That's pretty good. It was a big hole right? It's big. So that's why it took me 30 minutes. But it was, it was moist. And the Lord was showing me this. I know that's a silly example, but it's the one that I have because it was an answered prayer that had never been articulated. It was just something that was overflowing, but I was in his will. I was in his will. He knows why we're doing this. He knows. He, he's the one that blessed us with this property. We would prayed for it for years and years, and we just gave up on it. Lord, if it's not in the cards for us, it's not in the cards for us. What happens two weeks later one lands in our lap? Just like that. Out of the overflow, in the midst of His will, He answered. He gives good and perfect gifts to those who abide. And then you can ask whatever you wish. And this was the thing that He's beginning to teach me. It says, ask whatever you wish. And we've been talking about the desires of the Father's heart that He puts in us. Sometimes those desires do not have this religious headline that can go above it because they don't have anything to do with this church, in my mind. What does that arena have to do with the makings of the kingdom in this this city? I can't give you an answer as to how that could correlate. But the Lord still has blessed us with these things, and it was still a desire of our heart to work out now to the overflow Not even articulating, but out of the overflow existing in the will of God, He was answering things that just simply overflowed out of me. The prayer I didn't pray is a prayer I've now seen time and time again. Good gifts from your Father. Exactly. Good gifts from a perfect Father. And those are not simply things that are just for the benefit of the church. But they benefit us they're just fun he's i we bought a ball two balls last friday for our kids at the dollar general because they just they were playing with them and just hey bring those up to the front we'll buy those they didn't ask for them they definitely didn't need them and they don't they're they're not with us any longer they didn't make it a week I mean, but it's Dollar General Bouncy Balls, so I mean, that kind of one's on the roof and one's in a dog or something. I don't know, but it's gone. Pieces are still there. But it was just, just a gift. Why not? We love our kids. And he loves us, and he gives us good and perfect things. But we've got to get out of this mentality that it's just for the building of the church. It's for the establishing of his kingdom. And if you are deeper in relationship, more joyful because you're recognizing how good this Father is to you when you don't deserve it, you don't ask for it, and He just overflows goodness into your life, is that not building the kingdom? Right? It's the same thing with healing. If that person doesn't receive immediate healing, but through their testimony, hundreds and thousands of people are touched by their testimony and their journey, is that not an answer prayer of healing? It absolutely is. And the prayers prayers we don't pray are just a reflection of the goodness of God towards his children. And when your heart overflows for him, there is an abundance of blessing beyond anything you could ask for. I never, we wanted, but we never prayed for a property. But I could take you to the deer blind in Oklahoma, Texas. It's probably not there anymore because I was 10 years old. But I could take you to that MDF, built little Oklahoma hunting blind. I could put you in the spot where I started thinking about owning my own property one day. It existed in my heart since that day. And I never just sat before the Lord and asked Him for it. The Lord gives good gifts. And I say this because it's important for us to remember that about Him in the valley that he gives good things. And sometimes he just gives them for our own endurance and sanity because sometimes we just need something, right? It's that parent on a road trip. Sometimes you just give your kids something so that you can just ensure maybe two more hours of a good mood, right? And no tears. But he does that for us and he can see us getting weary and he can see us growing tired and he can see us worried about things and he just, just hold on. Because I have blessing for you. You've not even prayed for the things in your heart that you desire to see, but I'm going to release them to you. Because you exist in my will. You're abiding. You are firmly rooted and planted in me. And out of the overflow of your heart are the desires of my heart for this city, for the people around you, for everything that you, you encounter. You desire the things I desire, and it overflows out of you, and there are good gifts for his children within that. It's the prayers we don't pray. But it's a beautiful thing to to understand this relationship with God that He will just respond to us because of the overflow of our own hearts. The things we desire that are church-related, Christian-related things and the things that just don't really have any place right here. It's just going to be testimony, right? Of something fun and enjoyable that happened. It's just testimony. But it's the Lord's joy to bless His children. And if we would simply remain in, abiding, having a relationship, we can see those things. Because here's the other thing. Heaven's not a, a storage facility and it's full of we don't, what we won't ask God for. But at the same time, the things that are released, do we see them? Do we see all the gifts that God is releasing before us? I believe very strongly you can't see them if you don't have a relationship with the one that's given them. But He is releasing blessing beyond the things that we... Did you ask for the next breath in your lungs? No. We're not sitting here praying for breath, right? I'm not sitting here praying for a little bit more life. I'm just living. But is that not blessing being released from heaven? Out of the overflow of His heart towards us, we experience blessing beyond the things that we pray for. And it's just this interesting conversations that I've been having with him when it comes to prayer and recognize that to pray without ceasing it's to exist in the presence of God always and if I exist in the presence of God then what overflows out of me is the desires of the Father's heart and that is to pray without ceasing because none of us are just sitting and asking God for things all the time that's not prayer, right? Prayer is partnering with heaven and the desires of the Father's heart to see those things released. And it's speaking them into existence, and sometimes it's just walking them into existence, just existing and breathing and allowing those things to flow out of us. It's allowing the desires of the Father's heart to flow from his to yours and then overflow out of you to the next person. And that's what we see in prayer. And we don't sit there and just articulate these things with words all the time but they exist and they flow out of us. And so it's a different perspective for me that out of the overflow of our hearts, and I know that he said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I believe that to be true, like I've already said. But there's so much more in understanding, in in pondering with the Lord of what actually happens when the overflow of our heart is the things he desires to do and the things that will be released just freely without us ever praying, approaching, or asking for these things. He just releases good and perfect things to His children, things that need to be done for the church and things that are just fun and they're for our own benefit and no one else's because He's a good and perfect Father. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.